0: Thank you for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com and click on the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. You will not be disappointed. There we have all of our podcasts from the day we started doing our show here on the American Out Loud platform. And as you know, notice rather, we are on at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight, we're going to do a little something a little different here. We're going to talk about the power of prayer. I'm a very religious person, and I'm sure many of our listeners are religious, and some people say that they're spiritual. Okay, that's fine. But we're going to talk about the power of prayer and how prayer impacts so many of us in our daily lives. And joining me tonight is my co-host, Heather Robinson. Heather recently did a piece for the New York Post titled Demar Hemlin's Recovery is New Year's Miracle America Never Needed More. I don't know if you're aware of this or, or familiar with the story, but he's a football player for the Buffalo Bills. And a couple of weeks ago, he went into cardiac arrest. And the internation, and this happened on live TV when they were playing a football game, the internation for a moment, so it seems, were glued to their TV sets, wondering what was going to happen to this young man. We experienced this same kind of feeling on 9-11, almost 20-something years ago, when the World Trade Center was attacked by terrorists. I know here in New York, people came together. And around the country, I heard stories of people praying and coming together, hoping that everything would be okay. And everything was okay. We rebounded. We came back. We came back stronger. But since that time, almost 20 years ago, we have been up against so much adversity. And the political and social climate now in our society is at an all-time high. Because I think we're at the saturation point that everything is so sensitive and everyone is sensitive. If you say this, it's like you hurt my feelings and you did this and you did that. And it's like, what do you do? We, we walk around, I think we, we walk around on eggshells. Even in corporate America, you can see it. You can see it on the streets because no one wants to offend the other person. And the most kindest of gestures could make could be offensive to some. I mean, you hardly ever see people on the streets now saying, hi, hey, wow, you look good. Or you look good, I like this dress, I like this suit. Because some people could find it offensive. So that goes back to my the opening I was talking about. This football player who two weeks ago, cardiac arrest, and there was such this outpouring of concern for this young man. I'm glad to report that as of now, tonight, he's okay. But how did we get from where he was, the unknown, to the known, and what's going to happen in the future? And how we all came, we put aside our differences. And I was surprised, I got to say, and I'll ask Heather about this, that when this happened on ESPN, a very liberal, progressive TV station, they immediately started praying, the commentators. I thought, well, wait, am I seeing this right? Because like weeks ago, or not just weeks ago, days ago, it was like they were so adverse to anything referencing religion or spirituality or prayer, like, oh, no, uh uh-uh. But when this happened, there was a prayer, and they weren't the only ones praying. People were praying across the country. No matter what faith or religion, people were genuinely concerned. Wow. If we could just get back to that and set aside our differences. So like I said, Heather is on tonight, and she's going to talk about the piece that she just did for the New York Post, because I've got a lot of questions for her, what her thoughts were when this happened. And we mentioned this briefly on After Dark with Robin Andrew, but now Heather did a story about it want to find out the genesis of it. Why did she want to do this story? Heather, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for being my co-host. Great, uh, so how are you tonight? Great, thank you. How are you? Good, good. You know, Heather, usually when we come on, we have these like debates, we have these conversations, they're so in depth and they're so heated and we, we bring passion. <laughs> and it's always, it's about the political scene, social scene and whatever's out there. But tonight we're kind of like, Pivoting, so to speak. And mm-hmm. we're talking about something that's, you know, I want to say it's uplifting. Mm-hmm. And as I said, yeah. the title of the show is The Power of Prayer. And what happened with this young man, demar Hamlin, and how the country was just like rooting for him. And, and like, he's got to be okay. They stopped the game. And you have football players going. You even had the opposing team, you know, who genuinely concerned, these grown men, grit, orange, big muscle strap, mm-hmm. men were crying and like, what happened here? In covering the story, I don't know if you spoke to the family or not, but what did you find out when when you were covered when you, when you found out that you were going to do this story, what was the first thing to come to mind? Was it about prayer? Were you were you looking at the angle of prayer or this young man, or was mm-hmm. it just, I just want to tell the story?
1: Well, you know, Rob, now that I recall, when I first started working on it, I, I, write regularly for the post. Sometimes they assign me, sometimes I propose stories and I propose this one. You know, in truth, it was a colleague who is a a real Renaissance man, Jack of all trades journalist, Alan Zeitlin, who's in New York City. And he knows that I'm from Pittsburgh originally. And he was pushing me to write something about, um, DeMar Hamlin, because DeMar Hamlin is a a native son of Pittsburgh, um, grew up in McKee's Rocks, which is a a town adjacent to uh, the Berg, and he's a real hometown young man. He chose to stay and attend the University of Pittsburgh instead of going off to, you know, I I mean, U-Pitt is a very, I think, a good school and a good school, a good football school, I believe, a Division I school. But there are, I guess, even more kind of glittery schools in terms of, like, Fit football reputation, I guess, that wanted him to play Notre Dame and Ohio State and several others, but he, he's very close to his family and he wanted to be there to watch his little brother grow up. And so, anyway, it was a colleague who thought of me because he, you know, he thought it was a touching story that, that he's such a family oriented fellow. And I'm a very fam- family oriented gal. And I guess my friend Alan just thought, you know, that I should write something and try to speak to people in Pittsburgh. So that's how it started. Um, But I was struck, and I'm not really a football watcher, you know, but I was struck by the, the pause that the country took. I had heard people talking for days about uh, concern for this young man, how the, the the game stopped, as you said, Rob. The fans on the other team took a knee or you know prayed. Maybe that's the wrong expression, but um, the um, also I believe the head of the NFL and his name escapes me at the moment. Goodell, Roger, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell apparently um, halted the game, and that was the first time. Was not the first time an NFL game was halted, but it was the first time one was canceled mid game for player injury. Um, and there was just a unity in the way people were concerned. And I almost found it. I know this sounds strange, but there was like an element of relief in it that anyone you talk to, you know, would have concern was united. There was nothing contentious here. The whole country just sort of took a breath and, um, and it was very, very uplifting. Um, so that's what struck me about it, I guess. And, and as I did the reporting, I spoke with uh, his former coach at, at high school, Central Catholic High School in Pittsburgh, and his coach at Pitt and some of his friends. Um, and they talked about what a, what a loyal uh, person he is, a, a real down-to-earth person of character, Um, his coaches talked about how he was a very clean cut stand-up guy, never a problem and showed a lot of leadership. And it just struck me, you know, the the analogy struck me that, um, you know, it seemed a little like the old story. It's a wonderful life where, you know, here's somebody who stayed home instead of, you know, going off to see the world because he, he had a a sense of responsibility to his family. So that's, that's kind of where the idea came, you know, from so uh yes i i you know i'm one of those Mm -hmm. writers who are very fortunate to have input from terrific friends and and family and you know love And i'm i i tend to be collaborative so you know i can't take completely uh,
0: (laughs) so and and covering the story so that's the genesis of like you said someone reached out to you he's a native son and said hey you know look into this story but were you watching football that day or had you heard about it
1: no i I wasn't Rob, but my mom actually is a big football fan and she was I believe
0: okay and
1: I, she and others described to me how how shocking this was that this was I mean of course other players have collapsed on the field but the, the coming together of unique elements here this you know sudden collapse the fact that he was revived um. With excellent medical care right then and there, that both sides you know seemed so united in concern and prayer and the whole country seemed to be, and that it all happened right in you know in real time on television. I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. you know all these elements, let's face it, you know uh, they're, they're dramatic and um, that that's always important telling a story. And so I can mm-hmm. understand why this story in particular really um, it really uh, resonated.
0: Right. And then the angle that you presented when you were uh, writing the story, the, or once it was written, is how people came together.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and as I, I alluded to in my opening, we saw this happening on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this was reminiscent? Because when I, I, I saw when this happened, I was watching, well, I wasn't watching, but I was like mm-hmm. channel surfing. And mm-hmm. then I, heard that, I saw this news flash, I went, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I had people to call me. Mm -hmm. Initially, I thought, okay, this is like no big deal. People have been hurt before, but this was something different. Mm -hmm. This young man Mm -hmm. went into cardiac arrest and they had to revive him. I think you said twice on the field. So we were there, we were watching this in real time as Mm -hmm. this happened. They didn't cut away.
1: Yeah. I believe once on the field and then revived again. I'm not sure I actually, if it was on the field or at the hospital, but Mm -hmm. I have read that the the quality of medical care was superb, that this mm-hmm. is something a rare thing that happens. It's uh, has to do with getting you know a blow to the heart at an exact second that can send the heart into a kind of shock. And if you know it's not perfectly handled, it's it usually results in sudden death. So so you know, the other thing that occurred to me, that can be said about this, is it was one of those instances where everyone involved did the right thing. This superb medical staff on the field, the head of the NFL, all the people watching, for at least a short time anyway. I can't think of anybody who acted carelessly or selfishly or thoughtlessly. It was uh, humanity, you know, at its best. And that was really the story, too, I thought. Not just he's He's apparently by all accounts a really good guy, right but you know, it was good to see humanity at its best. Let's face it we we hear and read a lot of stories, you know, uh, about humanity at its worst. you know, yeah, like it, like I
0: was saying, we're in that we're in that period now whereby there's so much uh, anxiety, animosity, and friction. I don't want to say animosity, but friction and everyone's so sensitive and we're walking on eggshells and whatever you say, but this was a moment that it Mm -hmm. seems that the country, people that were watching came together. True. You're
1: right. Yes. Yes. And I was going to just add, Rob, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's, it's people walking on eggshells. It's contentiousness over every issue, which, you know, look, we're, we're, we're discussers and debaters. We stand for our principles, you and I, and we know that that's part of America and we don't always have to you know, quiet down and harmonize, we can we can debate, we can have disagreements, we should. There's that, but there's also the reality that a lot of media, let's face it, runs on if it bleeds, it leads. There's (laughs) a ton of crime reporting and you know, some of it's interesting, whether you're talking about the New York Post or forensic files, but we hear all these stories of the macabre and violent, sick and crazy. I mean it You know, it's a relief, frankly, you know, to to see and hear a story of the masses of humanity um, called to uh, do good. And, you know, even if all people did was say a prayer, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people did that. And, you know, the people directly involved did the right thing as well. So that that made it a really good story, I think, you know, and a a
0: refreshing one. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised at the level I don't want to say that the the religion that came into play, but the spirituality when people were actually saying, let's pray for this young man. You Mm -hmm. heard this openly said on TV Mm -hmm. from different commentators and news reporters. It's a word that almost like I had thought that people viewed as being garlic, like to a vampire. It's like, well, we don't say that, you know, don't say. But you heard so many people, and, and I could be over-exaggerating this, but I was shocked oh, to hear yeah. so many people say, pray for this young man. That's praying. It wasn't like keep him in your wishes or hopes. It was like, pray, let's right. pray. And like I said, you yes. saw the commentators on ESPN, Disney, ABC, actually praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was live on air. I Wait a minute. <laughs> like, what is this? Is this a church or something? Right. Like, they were actually praying. And it wasn't It wasn't for show. It was mm-hmm. for real. You yeah. can tell someone yeah. is just saying something for show, but this was the real deal.
1: I think so. And, you know, I, I think you're right. And I tell you what, I myself am unsure what I believe at this mm-hmm. point of Power of Prayer. I certainly think it can't hurt. And I think it reflects a noble higher side of humanity. I, you know, um, one of the paragraphs in my piece, to be honest, that got edited a bit and changed a bit by an excellent editor, so I can't complain. I think the final piece read well. But one of the piece the are the paragraphs that my editor, David Kaufman at the Post, tweaked was I, you know, I had written that we are coming out of a period in which so many prayers, you know, for equally deserving people don't appear to have been answered in this world, in this life. And so it's, it's hard to sustain your faith in prayer, frankly. Um, But, you know, we don't really know, we don't know the mysteries of the universe and of God and, as I said, I personally believe it can't hurt. And this was a lot of people praying. So I just made it kind of a question in the piece, you know, could we consider that there might have been some uh, intervention here or some uh, higher purpose to what happened? I I framed it as a question and not a statement. And that kind of did get changed a bit because I I just always want to remember that so many people in this world who are amazing people, as we know, you know, bad things happen to, and, and we don't always see them healed and, you know, their pain taken away in this world. So, so my piece (laughs) is a
0: little more but, philosophical <laughs> but anyway no no so- i like that and i and i want to pick up on that on the other side of the break we've got to go to break but i want to continue this discussion like i said tonight's topic is the power of prayer you tuned into after dark with robin andrew and my special host tonight is heather robinson who's written a very powerful piece and i would all i would encourage you all to go to the new york post and read it we'll be back after this short commercial break thank you
2: hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers.
3: For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a made-in-America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, ICSC climate.com.
0: And we're back after dark with Robin Andrew. And my co host tonight is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. She's just recently written an article, and we're discussing it. And tonight's topic is the power of prayer. And Heather was sharing with us that she, when she wrote the piece, she was being philosophical, We're you doing know toward the end of the, uh, the first block of the show. We're talking about the prayer, and she's saying she knows she, she believes or not, but she feels that, you know, prayer helped. And I know that there are many people that are there who very religious people. There are some that are borderline, whatever the circumstance may be. But you always hear people when they're about to go through something, they'll say, I'll pray for you. And to me, that means a lot, especially when it's coming from someone I'm like, wow, this person is really serious. Like, I'll pray for you if you're going to get a job, or if you're sick, I'll say a prayer for you. Or if you're in the middle of a crisis, I'll say, I said prayers for you, or I will I will pray for you. And something that you said, Heather, that I think uh, – probably resonates with a lot of people is that we, when we do pray, whether you pray to God, Jesus, or whomever you pray to, that, is that prayer going to be answered? Because we pray for things that are specific. And I know that in the Christian belief, it says, if you pray, if you're asking Jesus' name, whatever you ask, it will be done. And a lot mm-hmm. of people have done that, you know, and when the mm-hmm. prayers go unanswered, and I actually, now that I think about it, uh, I, I might have read this at my, my poetry recital, mm-hmm. Prayers Unanswered. I did a piece about Prayers Unanswered and mm-hmm. what happens when your prayers go unanswered. And mm-hmm. I think when I wrote that piece, I was probably going through something in life and I felt that what I wanted to happen didn't quite exactly happen. So mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do now that that prayer was an answer? And over time, I've thought about this and people will say, pray that this will happen. Pray for particular, uh, whatever you want, be specific and pray that that takes place. And I look at that when you're looking at a job when you're going for an interview and you say, gosh, I'm going to pray that I get this job. and One day I was just like, just going through this in my head. I'm like, now I'm going to become philosophical. I'm like, okay, what is what exactly are we praying for? You're praying for a particular job that other people are being interviewed for also. and I'm sure that they have a prayer that they get the job. And if it is a new position, of course, like six people are applying for the same job, They all have designs. They all have a reason or purpose for wanting that job. They want the job because it's going to give them financial stability. They want the job because of health care, insurance, or whatever it may be. But they all have a particular reason for praying for that job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the determining day comes only one person gets the job. Right. So does that mean that the prayers of the others went unanswered, that their prayers weren't good enough, that they missed something, they missed some key word, or the prayer wasn't sincere?
1: Certainly not, right?
0: Right. I, I think about that, you know, but we, we were all praying for this, we were all praying, but only one person got the job. And so from that, and I looked at other things in life, and I said, mm-hmm. as opposed to praying, a prayer, I would say a selfish prayer Hmm. as a, just, you know, pray that whatever happens, help me to Mm -hmm. accept it. Mm -hmm. If if it works out in my favor, good. If it doesn't Mm -hmm. just help me to accept Mm -hmm. whatever it is, because whatever Mm -hmm. it is, it was meant to be. If Mm -hmm. I didn't get that job, It wasn't for me. There's something else for me.
1: Yes, that's why. So when I
0: think about when people were praying for this young man, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what their prayers were, but my prayer was whatever happens, whatever the outcome is, I pray that the family has peace and they can accept whatever happens as opposed to, you know, I want to pray for this miracle that he's going to, okay, that could happen. But if the prayer is just help me to accept Mm -hmm. whatever the situation is.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then I can go on. And I think a lot of people that I've spoken to, they've lost their faith mm-hmm. because the prayer that they prayed, they felt wasn't answered. Mm-hmm. So they question everything else in life because that one prayer, well, this prayer wasn't answered. It's like, but look at all the other things that oh. are transpired in your life that, that was answered and did take place, you know, right. to your likings. But this one prayer that you prayed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, when I, I look back on it, I mean, and I was raised that way, you pray, and this will happen for you, as opposed to praying to whatever happens helped me to accept it. So this young man, like I said, a lot of people were praying, and I'm assuming the prayer was help him to get better, to be restored so he can get back. He was a good person, and he loved life. And from everything that I was hearing, and even from your piece— Like you said, you spoke to some of the coaches and some of his classmates and they all spoke positive about him.
1: Yes, they really did. They really Uh did. I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, the requisite things. I mean, they went on at length and and he also attended a school in Pittsburgh, Central Catholic, which I, you know, do sense that it has a lot to offer. Great legacy school. Very, very much. Yeah. A school where they really really stress moral rectitude and and education of uh, you know not just in terms of skills but character you know and he went there all four years and did well in school was a good student and athlete and i think you know a person of a lot of faith he's uh apparently uh, a catholic and he takes his faith seriously um that's what i hear you know so there's that too um we uh certainly i'm sure that couldn't have hurt him and his family in getting through this right a- i
0: think i think when there's a core foundation there you know a faith and prayer <laughs> spirituality during those times, you're able to get through with uh, whatever there's there. But like I Mm -hmm. said, there are others who assume to have that faith. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the Christian faith, it's like that God won't put any more on you that you can't handle. Mm -hmm. And some Mm -hmm. would say that, you know, you go through these things just to try and test your faith so that you'll know where your faith is. And so you pray, but like, again, we're all human. And when those prayers go unanswered, Mm-hmm. Or so we mm-hmm. think they want to answer. It didn't. It wasn't answered the way we wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. at those moments, that's when you have to really have that faith and that foundation so that you could fall back on it. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that this family had that faith and the foundation mm-hmm. that no matter did. what happened, right? No yes. matter what happened, but but mm-hmm. but and then they had the. I, I want to say the world, but the country praying with them. They have and and when others are praying with you, you feel empowered, you feel invigorated, mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. I can handle this mm-hmm. because there are yep. others that are sending up prayers.
1: Interesting. Well, that's very interesting, Rob. A couple things occurred to me as you were speaking. One other thing that that I learned from reporting it, and I didn't get to put in the piece because of a tight word count, is that um, the coach at Pitt talked about what a wonderful family Damar comes from. Um, And that this is an interesting story. And I read, I I Googled a bit and read another uh, article about how his family, his mother became pregnant as a teenager and his father, you know, they were both very young. They were like 16 years old. They got married and they, you know, made a commitment to each other and they're still together. They're very much a strong family. And um, he also has a, a little brother, a much younger brother, I think ten or twelve years younger, because of course, you know his parents were you know practically kids when they had him. So I guess maybe they waited and they had this other little boy like a dozen years later. And so they're they're a very happy family by all accounts and very close. So he has that foundation too, which is but I wonderful. think
0: right. I think that's important also when you speak about prayer, when you have, you oftentimes hear people say prayer warriors when they're going through something that you can reach out on that base. And in this instance, this young man, all at once, the entire country, like I said, they were glued to their TV watching what had happened, not knowing what the end result was going to be with this young man. He was fine, vibrant. And then there was a hit. He got up and then whoop, he went down. It's like, wait, whoa, what happened? And they recognized mm-hmm. he was going through cardiac arrest. And Those prayers, we can say, you know, pulled him through because you look the other day, we learned that Lisa Marie Presley Mm -hmm. had a cardiac, went into cardiac arrest. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, she didn't make it, whereas this young man did.
1: Yeah, and we never will know why, of course, the mysteries. Right,
0: the mysteries of life. uh, But someone would say that the prayers were answered. And this young man is back with us. And I heard that he's out of the hospital. He went home. And he's doing fine. I don't know if he's gonna go back on the field or not and play well, uh the game. He was at the
1: game today. I know he of course he didn't play, but the other
0: day, went, okay.
1: So today he went to the, the there was a Bills Bengals game today.
0: Oh, and, that was last Sunday. That was last Sunday. Yeah. Today's oh
1: oh yes, right, yes. Last Sunday,
0: okay. I'm like, wait a minute, was it a game? Okay, yeah. right, last Sunday. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yes. So last Sunday he um was there apparently in the locker room. He went to visit his teammates and he and his family were there in attendance. Okay. So that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's, his recovery is going to take a while from what we hear. He's, he's in somewhat delicate health, but he has to have an oxygen machine with him.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: but he's up and around. Yeah. And wow, and that's again, powerful. Almost always results in sudden death and they, they saved him. and And, and there doesn't seem to be, any major neurological damage.
0: Right. That's the other thing. (laughs) It's just an amazing story that, Mm -hmm. like you said, no neurological issues at this point. Uh, He's out of the hospital uh, needing an oxygen tank. And he's also, he was a young man.
1: Right. For well, something like yeah, this to happen, right. Baby. So maybe that's a factor too. You know, I'm sure his bones are strong, his lungs are strong, his other organs are strong. He's, he's young. He's 24 years old, so he mm-hmm. has that in his favor.
0: You know. Right. But yeah. from what I was hearing, like different doctors, who were saying that this is an anomaly. That things like this don't happen. But at the moment of impact, the heart was getting ready to beat, and it hit, and bam! Mm-hmm. I mean the. The likelihood of that happening, you hardly – you never see anything like that. But like I said, it happened here, and you never see people across the country coming together in prayer other than like when 9-11 – but this was live, people were looking at it, they were experiencing it, and the flow of emotions, seeing these huge guys on a football field genuinely concerned mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. this young man and yeah. what the aftermath would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. It was so it was a moment that wow. So I wonder what 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 is he thinking now? Like what where does life take him from now? He had a charity, and I heard mm-hmm. that his charity just like exploded with people donating.
1: Yes, it's a charity uh, for kids, toys, and He, I learned from the uh, volunteer coordinator at University of Pittsburgh that he was always the first, she said, literally the first person on the team to want to go, they would would have toy wrapping. They got the players involved in wrapping Christmas toys for kids every year. And he want, you know, she said, tomorrow loves kids. And he kept saying, well, when are we going to meet the kids? I don't want to just wrap toys, you know, where are the kids? So, oh, wow. so she said, you know, he he always was eager to go and meet the kids and play with the kids. He has this little brother he loves and they would go to the Hill District and to Homewood, which are underserved communities in Pittsburgh. So she said he got the idea from that to start his own toy drive when he entered the, the NFL and the idea was just to make sure no poor child in Pittsburgh doesn't have a toy for Christmas. And now that toy drive has eight, I think it's up to almost 9 million and um, there won't be a toyless kid in the burg in the next few years. <laughs> oh. I,
0: I hope that kids are looking at this and saying, wow, what a great person, a person that mm-hmm. you want to emulate because so many times we hear these stories about, football players, and they're not the best stories, they're bad stories or negative stories of football players, you know, doing something they shouldn't do, having a gun, beating up someone, and the the story just goes on and on and on. So when you hear about a story like this, a feel-good story that has been covered, it's like, wow, It's, it's just, it's remarkable. And like you said, you spoke to some of the coaches and friends, and nothing but positive things to say about this young man and his family.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you when I did hear that he went down and collapsed, one thought I had, this is just my take. (laughs) I've made the observation that, well, I, I think that tragic things and kind of out of the ordinary, let's face it, nobody passes through the world without some suffering and loss and disappointment. But I tend to think that really, you know, above and a- above average crappy things that happen and hard trials do tend to befall better people. It's just an observation. Like, <sighs> when I heard it happened, I thought, I bet, I just, I just bet, like, this isn't a guy who's been accused of raping anybody or who, you know, is known for being a discipline problem or, you know, has been tweeting anti-Semitism or sure, you know, I was like, I bet you it's a good guy. Like that doesn't happen to a, a bastard like that, that kind of thing. And sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> right. but like when, you know, I mean, and, and look, I mean, the other thing is, you know, my theory is, not perfect, thank goodness, because he survived, you know what I mean? So a lot of the best people I know get taken young. So, you know, that didn't happen. So I guess, you know, I don't know what to say about it. Thank God, you know, you know, God saved one of the good ones this
0: time for us. Well, you know, yeah. as they say, good, bad things happen to good people. And I There's and th- I think it's true. You know you would think that i mean we always say that you know i don't I, I like someone that we don't like an enemy like i don't care if this person this happens to this person but it's like why is it that it always happens to the good people but seems we don't like, pass through life
1: seems like i mean i maybe it's because you know i was saying to to someone i'm close with you know maybe it is because most people are good people you know i mean maybe ah. just numbers it's like there aren't that i mean there are not unfortunately there are enough bad people but that you know there aren't a ton of horrendously gratuitously evil people <laughs> so the bad stuff that's going to have you know what i mean the average person is a decent person but it does seem to me like sometimes these very good people people of tremendous character and high moral consciousness uh-huh who truly are not only kind but also consistently do the heavy lifting. You know, I have a, a cousin who went to uh, India to take care of lepers in medical school, and she also treated, in fact, a- people who were infected with AIDS. She was one of the uh-huh. first to go to Africa. She went to uh, India and got malaria and almost died there. She's so idealistic. She's so good and so tough. She has uh, three uh, sons who are very severely autistic, very severely mm. disabled. And- one son who's not, but I remember, you know, I mean, Julie, she's the only person I know who would, could handle that. You know, I mean, this is someone who from the time she was young, sought out the toughest kinds of things. She, you know, you know, as a doctor, she was, you know, a volunteer for years on the toughest cases all around the world. And, you know, she has a tough assignment in life. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, I mean, is it random or, you know, does God give these, Burdens to some who are the strongest the greatest spiritually. I you know, it's a it's an idea that I Just have in my you know in my observation made right and you know I, I don't I you know, I don't know what to say about it, but you know I, I it's interesting I, I I'm not sure what Judaism says about that But it's interesting that you say Christianity holds that God gives you what you can handle mm-hmm. Um. Just wish that, you know, such good people didn't have such heavy burdens. But, you know, uh, it's it's these these kinds of people are they're an inspiration to us mere mortals. You know, right.
0: Right. It is. And and again, as I said, it all has to do with the faith, with your faith and where your faith is. And a lot of people have they have the faith that I know that I don't have. I think that sometimes I do. And I'll run to prayer, and then I'm like, "Well, prayer isn't good enough. It's not happening. I, I want, I, I want to see it. I want it to take place." So I admire those people. So this young man apparently was strong in his faith and his belief. And you look at where he is. You listen to After Dark with Robin Andrea, my special host tonight, co-host Heather Robinson of the New York Post, who recently wrote a piece that I, again, I would recommend that you all check it out. And it's online and it deals with the young man who not too long ago, Damar Hamlin, uh, was injured, went into cardiac arrest uh, during a football game. Stay, come back, listen to us after the commercial break. We'll continue this discussion. Thank
2: you.
3: While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD. For 20% off. Stay protected with Kofix RX.
0: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan,
3: it's now available in the United States. Visit GenesisFolger.com forward slash out loud
0: to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. And we're back for the last half of After Dark with Robin Andrew and my special co-host Heather Robinson. And we're talking about the power of prayer more so the article that she just wrote about Damar Hamlin's recovery is a New Year's miracle America never needed more? And again, DeMar, DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills football player, who was injured a couple of weeks ago on the field, went into cardiac arrest. And he now seems to be on the men's, young, strapping guy. Our conversation, the power of prayer is how people use prayer, their faith, and how it sustains you and how it keeps you moving and you know keeps you going. And I know that there are a lot of people when you're going through things in life, you'd like to think that, you know, I'm religious, I'm spiritual. And I have it all here, but when it hits you, you're like, "Wait, whoa, wait a minute! I wh- what do I do?" I'll share with you when my sister died about ten years ago. There's like six of us, and never in a million years, you know, we, we know that we're all going to die, but we think that we're immortal, that we never will. And she had cancer, and she had for like 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 seven years, long cancer, N- non-smoker, just one of those things just happened, and you're like, "Whoa, where did this come from?" Yeah. And trying to wrestle with that. And we were always praying, like pray she'll get better. So when she was diagnosed with it, she was in the middle. She was an adoption specialist of adopting two young girls.
1: Oh, wow.
0: And we thought, okay, she's not going to be able to adopt the girls because she couldn't place them. She had placed all the other kids that were on her caseload. But they went ahead and they let the adoption go through. And at the same moment, the cancer went into remission.
1: So wait, I don't need to interrupt. So your sister was the one who was adopting? Yes, my sister, my sister, makeup. my sister,
0: my sister, and she was an adoption specialist. And I she see. had two kids on her caseload uh-huh. that she couldn't place. And she said, oh. I'm going to adopt them.
1: Oh, wow. And wow. when she
0: was going through the paperwork, she, she became really... sick. Yes. Right. She became sick. And she just thought, okay, this is I pneumonia or what have you. They took wow. her to the hospital. and The doctor said she has cancer stage <laughs> four, she's going to die this week. We're like, so, what? Like, wait a minute. And
1: those are the kinds of selfless people that yeah. this happens to. I, I Right.
0: And miraculously, it went away mm-hmm. just as soon as they identified. We're like, maybe they mixed diagnosis. Like, no, it was there. Mm-hmm. It went away. And like I said, she lived like seven years later, I mean, on. And then it came back. It went into remission. And then it came back. And we were praying and it was like at bay, was everything's okay? And then all, all at once, it just came back aggressively and, and she died. And I remember we were praying like, oh, wow, you know, we can fight this. We're going to beat this. And so many people who get that diagnosed, the doctors will say, are you religious? You know? Pray, do this and do that. And I've heard that from so many different people. They'll go to the family. Are you a religious family? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, "Why? well, you might want to talk to your religious leader. You want to pray. You want to have a group of people to help you get through this. You know, you Mm -hmm. want some people to help you get through this. Again, I think about Damar Hamlin. He had the country praying with his family. Yeah. And I'm sure they felt those prayers. Like, mm-hmm. wow, we, we we can we can get through this. We, we're gonna get through this. So, like I said with my sister, and I remember thinking about this, I'm like, gosh, what do I do? Her, her girls, they were like in high school, one is still in middle schools, like, oh no, this can't be happening, like, oh gosh. And you had all these people calling saying, Oh, we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray. And you know, she's going to get better. She's going to pull through. And I'm talking with the doctors and they're like this. No, 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 this is it. You know, you got to accept this. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, but we're praying. We're praying. And then I remember telling myself, okay, let's just pray. As I mentioned through the first block to accept whatever happens, to accept what God allows. Mm-hmm. So if she's healed, that's good. If she's not, God allowed it, but you're going to pray that you're able to accept it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was my prayer. And I remembered like sharing this with my siblings. I'm like, you know, whatever happens, we're just going to accept it. No, that was difficult because my mother is extremely religious Mm -hmm. and her faith is unmovable. She's like, no, I'm going to pray. This is, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I remember some of her other associates friends were saying, oh, God is going to heal her, this, this. And I'm like, gosh, why are they saying that? Because what if Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen? I'm like, do we get mad at God? Like, like, what happens? I'm like, let's just pray to accept. Whatever he allows for me, that really helped me. Yes. Because like I said, she was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. It went into remission. But we had like seven years from the initial diagnosis that she lived.
1: Well, so she she defied the odds maybe.
0: Right. And the doctor said that. And you know what the doctor said? They said because she Mm -hmm. had the family that was with her. Because she had stage four cancer. They said because you guys were there. Had it not been for you guys, you know, that would have been it. She would have, she would have died. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you guys were there along the way. So uh, there was something about those prayers Mm -hmm. that would like help us get through. And as I said, my prayer was help me to accept what God allows, whichever way it happens. I just want to be able to accept it and move on from there, as opposed to praying a prayer of, you know, this is, this is it. He's going to heal her. This is because I don't have. That, had I prayed that prayer for me, I don't think I could have moved forward.
1: Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, that that is a very Eastern idea as well. Not that I'm the expert in Eastern religions, but mm-hmm. I know that acceptance is a very big part of Buddhism. And this, I, you know, I, I, the little reading I've done about it is that the idea is that this is part of what allows you to deal with suffering that there's suffering and then that there's pain versus suffering, that, that there is no life without pain and loss. And we're all wired for joy and, you know, all the different emotions and experiences and pain. And that with a world that's flawed and, you know, that has tragedy and disease and war and and the inevitable aging and death, that there will be pain, but that suffering comes in, if I'm not mistaken, they Buddhists preach that it has that we, we make ourselves suffer more when we fight it, when we fight, when we get into mental states of agitation about the pain. And I don't know that I totally understand the concept, per, to tell you the truth, but um, right. it sounds like you were practicing acceptance. And I've also heard that they, you know, some Buddhists believe that in order to. Well, I don't know if this is Buddhism, so I shouldn't say, but, but i I know some people who believe that in order to change anything, like I know at Alcoholics Anonymous, the, the, um, the famous prayer they do, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, it's, it's the, the prayer of, you know, Lord, give me the, the, uh, strength, the, the strength to change what I can.
0: Serenity prayer.
1: Thank you, Rob. To Thank accept you. the things that
0: I can't right, to
1: accept the things I can't change, and the wisdom to know the difference. It seems to me that that's what you're articulating. It's kind of a a mix of East and West. I think it's like the 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 acceptance, the realization that you can't control it, you know, everything, along with the will to change and pursue what you can do. And then the wisdom to know the difference. Like if you're running around in a state of chronic agitation over things you can't change, Mm -hmm. you're wasting a lot of energy, right? So, but on the other hand, this is just me talking. If you're just totally accepting of everything, you know, I think to me, that's a state of passivity um, that isn't to be desired because I guess this is the American in me, but I believe that God helps those who help ourselves. If you want something, if you want, you know, you need to try, you need to make the effort, whether it's your career, relationships, family, healing, you know, most things are not going to just come to you. I mean, there are people in the world who just have things fall into their lap. and But for most of us, things don't come that easy. And, and maybe they shouldn't. You know, life is about pursuing your destiny, right? So we're not, we're free people. And that's kind of where our American creed comes in. I think we can, we can make an effort. We can change our habits. We can build our character. We can try to do things, but even the most, you know, hardworking, faithful, honest, brave person can't solve every problem. Can't, you know, I mean, I know that Christians believe Jesus did, but we humans, you know, we can't, Touch someone and heal them instantly. We can't, you know, turn back time. We can't stop, uh, you know, you know. We can't. We can't protect even our loved ones from everything. You know. So there's there is a place for acceptance. I guess we have to. Mm-hmm. We have to. So
0: right as I say, you know, accept what God allows, because you're there's a song, you know, in the Christian uh, gospel to accept what God allows, because you're better off. Like I said, when people, when they introduce prayer and the faith and then the miracles, I think sometimes that they become distorted as to what we're actually asking for. There's also a saying that God won't give any more to you that you can't handle, and he'll give you exactly what you need. And he may Mm -hmm. not come when you want him, but he's right on time. And then Mm -hmm. there are people who will say, well, God didn't heal the person here this part of earth but on the Mm -hmm. other side he healed the person and i think
1: Mm -hmm, right right, we don't
0: know his will you know let god's will be done help me to accept his will and and when you have that faith people that really have it they're able to accept it and they're able to move on beyond that they're they're still the questions but their faith mm -hmm. sustains them and it helps them to get to the next point again i look at myself and what I went through and that that just it really shook my core mm-hmm. and my beliefs and I as to you know seeing my sister who was in pain and like wow like you know what do I do what, what's going to happen here like I prayed you know what prayer do I pray I'm like just completely confused and mm-hmm. then just like okay let me just accept whatever it is whatever his will is you know it's not my will God let your will be done yeah. And that was my prayer. And like I said, there were other people that were praying. Uh, and There's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, the prayers of the righteous avail as much. So mm-hmm. when, you, when this young man, Damar, was going through all this, the family, because it wasn't just him, but it was his family and them not knowing. But if they mm-hmm. have that foundation, that faith and the prayer that everything will be okay, no matter what it is. And you, you just look at life as a whole. And when you see people who have gone through something traumatic, Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I have my faith, my faith in God. And I pray. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. see people whose family members were taken from them violently. and They say, I forgive this person. Well, I prayed. Yeah, I prayed. And I'm like, in order for me to go to the next level. And that's a powerful thing. It is extremely powerful to say, I prayed about it. And I choose to forgive as opposed mm-hmm. to harboring that hate in mm-hmm. my heart so that I can move on. So again, I go back to this young man
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and when this happened and the family watching this game being played in a normal day, looking for a victory, Mm -hmm. there's a hit, he stands up, he falls back. And it's like, okay, let's pray. Let's start praying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the prayers more than likely sustain this family not knowing what was gonna happen on the other side. He's in a coma. He's praying. I'm sure they probably had a church that was praying with them, other family members, but then you have the country that was behind you. And when you have all those prayers that are coming in, Mm -hmm. I know for me, when my sister was going through it, I felt it. I felt those people who were really being sincere. They said, Mm -hmm. we're praying, you know, we're going to pray for Mm -hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're praying for your family. Now, I don't know what their prayer was. I don't know what they said in private. I don't think they were praying that to help Rob, you know, to get through this or, you know, help the sister get better, Laverne, Or I don't know what the prayer was, but I felt those prayers. So mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. that his family felt the prayers also. Isn't that and, wonderful?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it
0: is. It is a it is a wonderful feeling when someone just, they, they come to you with sincerity and they tell you, I am praying for you and praying that whatever it is that you're able to get through this. yeah. And you're like, wow, you know. So it, mm-hmm. like I said, with this family, DeMar's mm-hmm. family, when they had the country praying, and it was a moment that we put aside all of the friction and just said, let's mm-hmm. just focus on this young man getting better. And when I saw those commentators on ESPN, hmm that one of them leading everyone else in prayer, their eyes were closed.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like, why? Something about the power of prayer. And it, it, was, it, it seemed so sincere. I thought, mm-hmm. wow, this young man has all this. So I wanted, if he's gone back and watched this and, and listened to some of the things that were said, and no one was speaking negative. You no, know, there were a couple of naysayers that were out there saying, oh my God, what are we doing? Oh, let's move on. But I think that right. that was all like, just like flushed out because of Mm -hmm. prayer, because of people, going back to the beliefs, going back to, and I think this is what our country is missing uh, to a degree. We're missing that Mm -hmm. spiritual or religious aspect that that being humble and being thoughtful and prayerful, we are Mm -hmm. missing that. And I think if we're able to get back to that, a lot of people don't like it. It's like, oh, no, we don't need it. But I think that we do need it. Because it, it, it shows that, that there is a higher power. I think people have ex- had bad experiences with religion, with churches, and, and I get it. I understand it. But there's mm-hmm. nothing that's perfect. There are no perfect religions. There are no perfect people that are praying. But I think it, 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 it humbles you mm-hmm. and it, it, it transcends the things that you're going through. And it helps you to put things into perspective. That's just mm-hmm. my belief, you I know, when I think very about well
1: it. well said, Rob. Very well said. And- mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other thought that occurred to me is that just, I'm so sorry about your sister. Um, I lost my, my older brother about a dozen years ago. And I think that losing a sibling is a very rough one and, uh, uh, rough for them. First of all, you know, it's just, you feel cheated for them. You feel, you know, that they didn't get their full, uh, you know, uh, their due in this world you know, but one thing that is a little comfort to me is that whatever the other side is or isn't, there's no more suffering there. Right. Yeah. I believe that for good people. So suffering does not go on forever in this Mm -hmm. world. So I do see a mercy there. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it sustains you. It helps you keep, it helps you get through the day. And as they, they say, you never get over it, but you learn to live with it and you move on. So going back to this family, you know, the prayers of the individuals, for this athlete at a time when, like I said, you hear all these negative stories about athletes, how they're bad, toxic male toxicity, and all the other stuff. That was, for a moment, it was all gone. Because Mm -hmm. everyone was focused on this young man being made better. We want to make certain that he's restored. And as I yeah. said, you know, from looking at your piece and the positive things that people are saying, I mean, what a great thing when people are able to say something positive and not, well, you know, well, uh, no comments, you know, I, but they're able well, to you know, genuinely say.
1: Funny thing, Rob, though, is some of the comments on my piece are negative, but, but okay, you know,
0: we live in a Well, I, I, I skipped over those and I looked at the positives, <laughs> what people were saying. Oh,
1: it's I mean, fine. And I, yeah. Kind of missed the point that you articulated uh-huh. so well, which is that this wasn't only a piece about Demar; it was also about the reaction. It was about yeah. how people took a pause for just a moment, and that in that pause, you could sort of hear a collective sigh of unity, of relief. Right contentiousness you know listen we we i don't want to be a hypocrite here because you know i'm a big debater and discusser and i think that's important but i do try to keep things elevated as i know you do too right we don't we don't try to act contentious or nasty or disrespectful but we're you know strong in our views and you know um but i think that this was just Yes, it was. It was a break from you know. We've had so much contentiousness over every you know mm, political, yep. racial, religious you know, any dividing line that we could have over the past you know thousand years or so. And I, sometimes those who are the biggest um, critics of of hate are a- acting hateful themselves. You know, and I mean. It was just nice to get, yes, I think something about the nature of it, the fact that he's he's an athlete and, you know, that's part of, you know, a lot of people felt, well, you know, why dwell on something that, you know, this person's famous, but there are so many other wonderful people who are the unsung heroes, which is absolutely true. But right. his fame is what, you know, you and I know that that's what drives media in a lot of ways in our yep. time. And that enabled all eyes to be on this and it enabled the moment to be so big and bring Mm -hmm. in so many people and so much prayer. So that was kind of what the piece was about, you know, not that DeMar, great though he is, I'm sure is more deserving than the, you know, regular folk, you know, who are laboring every day to make this country run, you know, but, you know, his celebrity allowed this moment to be, you know, a very far reaching moment. And, you yeah. know, the media, the nature of media allowed it to be a global, you know, certainly a country-wide like prayer moment.
0: hmm absolutely. Folks, you've been tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew and our show tonight titled The Power of Prayer and my co-host, Heather Robinson. As I said, you don't want to miss her piece. I would encourage you all to go to the New York Post online and read the piece because it's, it's extremely powerful and it's uplifting considering everything that we're in, that we're going through right now with the country. I think it wouldn't hurt any of us to, you know, say a little prayer and pray that the country, you know, mm-hmm. that we're able to, that there are more moments like this that we're able to come together. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a situation where by someone has been injured, but we're able to come together and say, hey, I respect your view, you respect my view, and let's just move forward. After Dark with Robin Andrew and America Outlaw, where you can go and listen to the podcast. We're on iTunes. Wherever you listen to your podcast, go there and share. And as my co-host always says, Andrew, stand for something or your fault for nothing. Good night. God bless and be proud. Thank you.